0: Let us open our Bibles again to Genesis chapter 37, where we're considering the life, the character, and those traits that made Joseph so exceptional that we want in our own lives. Joseph cheerfully wore the coat of many colors to honor his father with his clothing. I come from a generation where, to be cool, you had long hair. And sometimes that's still a temptation today for young men. It's a father's every right to tell his son how long his hair should or should not be. I was a fool in this matter. But I remember at the age of 16, after going far away from my father's home, walking into a barber shop in Camas, Washington, And saying, I want a haircut. What kind of a haircut do you want? Make me look like the state police of this state. I didn't know how else to describe it. All I knew is that they were studs and they had proper haircuts. He said, well, I'd call that a regular haircut. Well, if it's a regular haircut, then I want a regular haircut. And I sat down and got a regular haircut... And shortly thereafter, at the Detroit Metropolitan Airport, when my parents picked me up, they couldn't recognize their son. I tell you that because Joseph was so much better than I was. And I want all of you young people to be like Joseph. We read about Joseph that when he dreamed dreams, he told his parents and his brothers, he told his father and his brothers, Rachel had died, about His dream, because he wasn't afraid of the truth. You know, one of the subjects that comes up that tempts many of you is the subject of Christmas. Brother Bob's faced that opposition. And I hope you're not ashamed of that. They're the ones that have changed. Our nation, when it was a powerful nation, when it was a godly nation and a God-fearing nation living up to its creeds, no one celebrated Christmas in this country except Catholics. They've changed. We haven't changed. Don't be ashamed of where we stand on that issue. They can't give you a single reason why we ought to do it from the Bible, but we can give them, what is it, Brother Lou, 10 or 20? hundred and twenty-two from the Bible or from history. Don't be ashamed of the truth of God. Be willing to stand for it and say it. Be like those three Hebrew men when the nation and the king of that nation who had despotic power of life and death said, at the playing of my band, I want I expect you to fall down and worship my golden image. And they said, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter, O King. Whether our God will deliver us or not from your fiery furnace, we don't know, but it doesn't matter. We are not going to bow down to your golden image. Those were three Josephs. Those were three like Joseph. In chapter 37, we have now come to verse 12. Let me read to you three verses. And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to them, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. Here am I. I hope that for certain out of these three verses, we do take those three words. Here am I. His father asked him to do something. Here am I. I'm ready to do it. I'm willing to do it. And I'm cheerful about doing it. I want to go. I want to do whatever you want me to do. Now let's remember a few things. He's 17. 17 year olds don't like listening to their parents. He's 17. He's his father's favorite son. He's the darling of his father. He could have begged out of the trip. But he didn't. He was being sent to his brethren far away. How far? Shechem is 50 miles from Hebron. That's a 50 mile trip on foot. When he got to Shechem, they weren't there because they had gone on to Dothan. Which was another 10 miles. He traveled 60 miles to go find his brethren. And he said, here am I. He knew those brothers hated him. And could not speak peaceably with him and his father or household servants weren't going to be around to protect him. Here am I. What a cheerful attitude when your father or mother asks you to do something. Here am I. Yes sir. Yes ma'am. I'll be happy to do that. I'll do it. I'll do it right now. Good idea. How high? He showed cheerful obedience. He showed submission to authority. And he showed a lot of courage. Most favored youths would have begged to have been excused from such a lengthy, lonely, and difficult trip. Remember when the father received the colored coat dipped in the blood of a kid from the flock. He said, surely wild beasts have killed my son. That wasn't a surprise to him at the possibility of such an event, traveling through Canaan all of those miles to get to Shechem and Dothan. Joseph quickly and readily agreed to do what his father wanted him to do. He acted like his father's servant, though he was his father's favorite son, and though the idea had some risk associated with it, not just from the wild animals, but from the wild brothers. What a good son. This is why we love Joseph. And this is why I want to press him upon all of us. I still have a father. I still have a mother. The Bible says to me, despise not thy mother when she is old. I still have verses that apply to me at nearly 50 on how I'm to treat my parents. And here is Joseph, the darling of his father, with a difficult trip, a lonely trip, and a fearful trip of meeting his brothers, but he did it anyway, and he did it cheerfully. Here am I. He didn't say, but... but But, but, but. Why is the first word out of your mouth so many times but? Trying to give a boss or a father or a teacher a better idea. The chances. The chances of you coming up with a better idea than your parents is the same chance that this afternoon you're going to create another universe. Just forget the idea. Why can't you say, here am I? This is what made him great. Because when he could say, here am I, to his father on a difficult, lonely trip like this to go see his brothers, he could say, here am I, to Potiphar. He could say, here am I, to the jailer. He could say, here am I, to Pharaoh. And it's what took him to the throne of Egypt. Because he learned how to say, here am I. You do not know the pain of being a manager today. Only those of you that are managers know the pain of being a manager It's hard to manage today because the youth of this generation don't know how to obey. And if you can give your manager the thrill of having a freak of nature, you when I say freak of nature? Because it's only spiritual that you're going to be able to do this. A freak of nature that says, here am I. Here am I. You will be promoted. Now, he may not want to promote you because he wants to keep you reporting to him because you are gravy in his train his gravy train. But you will get promoted. You will rise if you can say, here am I. Amen. While the rest of them are belly aching while they're punching in. You ought to see the average employee today. They're belly aching about how tired they are when they punch in. Oh, they're so tired. They're so tired. Life is so hard. They've never seen hardship of any sort. Right. Never. Not even the whiff, not even the whiff of it. They've never even whiffed hardness how tired they are and they drag and they expand their brakes instead of contracting their brakes. Where's the cheerfulness? Here am I. Joseph did that. And I want you to know that Joseph, when he took off from that house, had his coat on. We had that in the previous session this morning, but he had that coat of many colors on as he left. The trip was questionable. He was his father's darling. He could have whined. He could have complained. He could have begged out. Couldn't you just send a servant? Trust me, Jacob had them. Here am I. I'll be happy to go do it, Dad. And off he went. He was sent like a gopher. Don't you have anything better for me? Can't I work on the books back here? Can't I get in the computer and, and check out the business? You're using me like a servant. I'm not keeping the sheep. All you want me to do is go find out how they're doing? A 120-mile round trip? Just to find out how they are? Just think through it as you read the Bible. Here am I. Good character. Good character. We want that character in all of our homes. May the Lord give it to you by His Word and by His Spirit. Let's come to verse 15. And a certain man found him. And behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. When he got to Shechem, now remember, did they own any property in Shechem? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they owned property in Shechem. They had bought a field for a burial place for the whole family. They had friends there, even though they had slaughtered a city there. Simeon and Levi had earlier in the history of Genesis. But they had some property there. And there was good water there at Shechem. And so they went to that area to water their flocks. But when Joseph got there, he couldn't find them. So he's wandering around the field there because he couldn't find them where he expected them to be. And he found that... They had gone another ten miles to Dothan because a certain man tells them. And so he goes on that other ten miles. Now, there's young people today that if they had met with the least resistance like not finding the brethren at Shechem, they'd say, well, I guess he ain't here. I'm heading for home. You know, to get out of the duty of what had been assigned. The assignment was not just to take a 50-mile hike, but to find the brethren and to find out how they were because their health their safety was important to Jacob. And so Joseph did that by hearing that they're further. His father would have said, go to Shechem. Because that's where he went. That's where they thought they were. But when he found out they were further, he just went on further. And he found them. He finished the assignment. He had a sense of responsibility, which is part of good character, to do what needs to be done. Do not just do what you are told to do, but do the full responsibility and the full assignment of what was intended by doing what you were supposed to do. Take out the trash. So you go and take out the trash from the garage that's in the trash bin. But there's other trash lying on the floor. Well, you didn't tell me to pick up the garage. You need that kind of help? What do you do in second grade math? If you can't figure out the first one, you certainly can't figure out the second one. Or is it just a rebellious and lazy heart? When you get in the garage, don't you know that the whole purpose is let's get the trash out there for the trash man? You should be able to figure it out. Joseph knew that he hadn't fulfilled the assignment by going to Shechem, finding the field empty, and going back home. He got to the field, found it empty, he kept wandering around wondering, what what am I going to do now? Because I've got to find my brothers. A man saw him wandering back and forth. Trust me, his coat could be seen a great distance off because we find out that his brethren saw him a long distance away coming. The kid must have glowed. Can you imagine being required to, to wear something that glowed by your father? I hope you would say, here am I. I love it, Dad. Thank you. Thank you for making me so special with this coat of many colors. But he was told that they've gone further. He was carefully thinking through to fulfill his assignment. And he finished it. Many would have given up or used the difficulty as an excuse to quit, but not Joseph. He finished the assignment. The character traits here are his diligence, his faithfulness, and his sense of responsibility for the overall assignment, which is going to serve him very well in the future. He accomplishes exactly what was intended by the trip. He didn't cut it short Out of inconvenience, he continued on. And you know the rest of this chapter is what his brothers did to him. And you should read it. But we don't learn anything about Joseph's character in the verses verses 18 through the end of the chapter. We just read about what his brother's character, and that wasn't very good. So let us come to chapter 39 and find the next lesson. Genesis chapter 39. What faithfulness, what goodness, what cheerfulness, what obedience. This this man's going to be great. Those that don't want to match Joseph's character, content yourself with being a loser. There's plenty of them in the world. You can join them and you can be part of the majority. If you want to be exceptional and a winner, Joseph's got the character. So let's deal with the next lesson. Genesis chapter 39 verses 1 through 6. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. That will be another lesson. We want to take this down through the first sentence of verse six. Joseph served Potiphar very faithfully he had been sold into slavery didn't bother him he'd been sold into slavery and hauled down into Egypt and he sold again sold to Potiphar, captain of Pharaoh's guard, secret service the head secret service agent for the king of Egypt for Pharaoh He's sold again, he's got a new master He's a slave again. Didn't faze him a bit. He's going to serve him well. The Lord's with him. He knows what a servant is supposed to do. And so he serves. Now tomorrow, you are going to go out and serve your masters. Are you going to go out and serve like Joseph? Or are you going to go out and serve like everyone else in this world? Complaining? Whining? Grudging? Pacing yourself? Sloughing off? Tardy? Disrespectful? Slow? Or are you going to go and be like Joseph and serve diligently? Now, there was a great deal of the Lord's blessing on Joseph in this situation. But the great blessing that the Lord was pouring out upon Joseph in this situation was not because he was lying at home in bed. It was because he was serving him and serving him diligently with the spirit and the character that we've already seen about Joseph. God does not bless thieves, nor does God bless whiners. God was blessing a cheerful Joseph who was serving to the best of his ability. And the Lord prospered that righteousness. As we read in Psalm 37, Joseph was trusting the Lord, and the Lord was with him. The Lord is not with those who have given up on the Lord. Joseph had not given up on the Lord, and the Lord was with him. It would have been so easy to have pined and whined and complained and grudged everything you had to do for a master. After all, you'd been sold into slavery. Sold once by your brothers. Sold again to this captain. You could have so easily justified, I ain't going to give them. I'm going to give them the bare minimum to keep from getting beat. I don't deserve to be a slave. I'm a Hebrew. God's my God. I'm the son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He didn't care. This was the position that God had put him in at this time and he was going to be faithful in discharging his duties and this conduct of his is going to carry over into the prison and it's going to carry over working for Pharaoh. He has Pharaoh's best interest at heart every decision he made. Amen. He constantly took care of Pharaoh and the Egyptian nation. Pharaoh first. If you've read all the chapters. Pharaoh first, but Pharaoh and the whole Egyptian nation. He is always taking care of his master. And he recognized his responsibility as a slave down in Egypt, and he worked himself diligently. He showed character in these verses. It doesn't describe what he was doing or how he was doing it, but it just keeps repeating to us that everything he touched was blessed because he was touching things, and he was touching them faithfully, and the Lord's blessing was upon him. This blessing was not done in a lazy boy. God doesn't bless men like that. God blesses faithful men. Solomon would take and teach this lesson later, and we're going to look at some of those verses. But here we have the great character of diligence, faithfulness, honesty, and integrity, along with faith in God. His faith faith was with God and in God, and he was able to perform like the servants are exhorted to perform in Ephesians chapter 6 and Colossians chapter 3. We're to serve our masters as if we're serving the Lord Christ Himself. With a single heart. A single heart, that means we have one motive. The first and chief motive is to please God in the way that we serve our Master. When we say, here am I, it's not just to get accolades or a promotion from our boss. Here am I is to win God's favor. When we say it to our parents or to our boss, here am I is because that's what God wants to hear from us. And so we talk that way. And whatever they want us to do, we do it. We do not answer again, Titus chapter 2. We are faithful on the job. We get there on time. We don't leave early. We don't expand our lunch breaks. We don't get ourselves involved in petty theft. What's that called? Purloining. Purloining. We don't speak disrespectfully. If we're mistreated out of conscience toward God, we continue right on serving as diligently as we did the day before we got mistreated. Because it doesn't matter if we're mistreated. God's going to take care of us. And we're serving the Lord Christ anyway. And so it's out of conscience toward God, I'm quoting from 1 Peter chapter 2, that we serve no matter how froward our Master may be. Joseph was brought down, bought, and went to work. And he went to work, and the Lord definitely blessed him. I am not saying the Lord wasn't in these six verses, but don't you tell me that Joseph wasn't in these six verses. It was the Lord's blessing on his diligence and faithfulness that we see in every part of his life before and after this event. He quickly had the complete trust of Potiphar. Potiphar gave him the keys to his house, the remote control to his garage, the key to the storehouse, and the key to the vault, and the key to the computer And he didn't even check his balance sheet because all he knew was, Joseph is so honest in taking care of me and the Lord God that Joseph worships is blessing him so abundantly. All I want to know is that when I get home at 6 o'clock, there's going to be a plate of food on my table. That's all I care about. Joseph, just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing and give me a meal. All I want is my food. Do you know what kind of trust that is? He's a Hebrew despised by the Egyptians. His background, you say, my resume isn't good enough to ever be like Joseph. Oh, really? I feel sorry for you. Go get yourself a job and show them how to work. No one knows how to work today. If you'd work like Joseph, you will be promoted. Amen. Sometimes, you know, in studying for this and thinking about it again and going back and reading some verses I'm about to share with you before we quit, Wish I was young again. It's too easy. It's too easy to go out there and follow the wisdom of this Bible and not be rewarded. Because you will be rewarded if you follow this wisdom. I don't care about your resume. Do you know what the resume was for Joseph? Gopher. I wore a pretty coat. I gophered between my father and my brethren. I was a shepherd whenever I did anything productive. They hated shepherds. Read the whole passage. He had no resume. It didn't matter. He he won the trust of Potiphar by his faithfulness. He was going to be up and at it every morning. Everything was accounted for. Everything. Whenever Potiphar asked in the beginning, what happened here? Joseph told the whole truth and nothing but the truth, and he got it right out there in the open. He did not hide a thing. He kept him fully informed. Until pretty soon Potiphar said, Forget it. Here's the keys. I don't want to know anything else. I trust you completely. It's all yours. This is how I want you to go to work tomorrow. This is how I want you to go to school. Not me. This is how the Lord wants you to go to work and school tomorrow. To be like Joseph. In your class. With your studies. Every time you pick up a pencil. What would Joseph do? How thoroughly would he do it? How neatly would he do it? How would he address the teacher? How carefully would he consider these questions? How many minutes would he put in? Do this homework. Do everything as Joseph would, which was diligent, which was faithful, which was honest, and showing great integrity, until they trust you with the whole operation. It can happen. It can happen today as easily as it happened then. The Lord blessed him, He was promoted. My brother said to me last week he said it was the greatest one-day promotion in the history of the world, from slave to king. The, ma- the ruler of Egypt is coming. Here was, here was from slave to general manager. That's pretty quick. That's a pretty good turnaround. Slave to general manager. Everything was under the authority of Joseph in the house of Potiphar. He had the keys to the office, the store, and the vault. He never considered taking a thing. Though he might have, might have resented being a twice bought, twice sold slave. There is no such thing as discrimination. Except this discrimination. Masters discriminate and reward high performers. Masters reward high performers. That's the discrimination. Because you are an asset to them. And if you are working hard for them, then you are earning something for them. And I'm not saying their motive is pure. Their motive is financial. And their motive is ease. They want an easy life by being a manager of someone who's very cooperative and very hardworking. They get promotions faster when you perform for them. So I'm not saying their motives are good. They're not out to glorify the Lord, but we don't need them out to glorify the Lord. We need them out wanting to pad their resume and pad their pocket. And they get ahead by us serving them diligently. There's no such thing as discrimination. you got a bad resume. You're the wrong sex, the wrong age, the wrong color, the wrong background, the wrong schools. Forget it. Forget it. Outperform everyone else that you're working beside and you will be promoted. And let's prove it now from the Bible. Proverbs chapter 12, because Solomon taught this wisdom. And I don't want to leave these, this particular lesson until we've nailed it down well and we go home And you go to work or school tomorrow and put this into practice. To be like Joseph. How faithful can you be tomorrow so that they'll trust you with everything and anything they've got? It doesn't matter that you're a Hebrew slave. It doesn't matter that you were once a shepherd. It doesn't matter that you were a gopher. It doesn't matter that you're only 17. Proverbs chapter 12. These are just a few verses that Solomon taught. Verse 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. Proverbs twelve twenty four. But the slothful shall be under tribute. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. You want to get promoted? The hand of the diligent will be promoted. But the slothful shall be under tribute. You're going to be pounded down into oblivion. They're going to take from you. Tribute is when you're forced to pay taxes against your will. You're going to get pounded down if you don't want to be diligent and outwork those around you out of fear of God and the character of Joseph. Diligence. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. Turn to chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. And verse 35. The king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him that causeth shame. Have you ever done anything to shame your boss in his company? Have you ever done anything to shame your teacher or shame your parents? A wise son or a wise servant is going to be promoted. The king's favor is toward a wise servant. A servant can be recognized from the lofty position of king if he's wise. If he's wise. If you're being like Joseph, what is wisdom? very prudent in everything you do, very careful, open communication, complete honesty, total faithfulness, you will be promoted. It tells us that. The king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him that causes shame. You disappoint your bosses by not getting a project done on time, and he's he's shamed before his peers because you didn't fulfill your responsibilities? Don't blame anyone but yourself. For the trouble you get into and that you wallow in ignominy in that company. There's rules here that Solomon gives and Joseph practiced them even though he'd never read the book of Proverbs. I wonder if it's the same Spirit of God that taught him that wrote it for you. Proverbs chapter 17 they keep getting better. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 2 I remember being a, a late teenager And hearing for the first time from someone that you and I know, success is nothing but a piece of fruit hanging on a tree. Christians can just walk over and pick it any time they want it by putting Proverbs into practice. If a young man would simply put Proverbs into practice, he is going to rise and be successful. To the degree you compromise this book, And I will remind you that the number one foundational truth of the entire book is this. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. We are not talking about some prosperity gospel here. We are talking about the fear of the Lord is the foundation of the book. But if then on top of that you build on that foundation, the rules of how to serve a master found in this book, and the financial wisdom of this book, and how to speak when you've offended someone in authority and all the other rules, you will be promoted and you will be blessed. Proverbs 17, 2. A wise servant shall have rule over a son that causeth shame and shall have part of the inheritance among the brethren. See, here's a servant or here's a slave. Here's Joseph. It doesn't matter. There's only one kind of discrimination. Masters will discriminate... Between employees, they will promote the high performers and they will demote the low performers. If you're a high performer, you will be advanced. Because this says that a wise servant will get promoted over a son that causes shame and shall have part of the inheritance among the brethren. How can a slave be brought into the will of his master so that he's going to get the inheritance or a part of the inheritance when the master dies? By his wisdom and his faithfulness on the job. May the Lord continue to confirm what we're reading about Joseph in this book by the preacher. Chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22. Verse 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. I wonder when Solomon penned that, do you think he might have been thinking about Joseph? Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Now if I were to turn you to 1 Kings 11.28, Solomon found an industrious man in his kingdom. His name was Jeroboam. There's one verse, 1 Kings 11:28. Solomon found an industrious man in his kingdom, and he kept promoting him, kept promoting him, promoted him right up to the top. And when Solomon died, he was Rehoboam's competitor, and he became king of the other ten tribes. How did he get there? Because the preacher saw his industry and wanted a hard-working, industrious man at the top of all his servants, and Solomon had a few. Solomon had a few. Look at 27, Proverbs chapter 27. Young men, lay hold of these verses and go out of here in the fear of the Lord and in the love of Joseph's character, wanting to walk with God and to fear Him, to love Jesus Christ, to be unashamed of His truth, and to live on the job and to answer your boss's every request or your teacher's every assignment with the same spirit He did. Here am I. I'm ready to go. I'll do anything you want me to do. 27.18 Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. So he that waiteth on his master shall be honored. If you'll wait on your master and be looking out for his best interests and what he needs to get ahead, you will be honored. This is a rule of the Word of God. We should always be able to remember the words, Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. The Bible says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Don't pace yourself like the rest of the world. Get in there and attack your assignments. Respectfully deal with your employers and those in authority over you. Be punctual. Be gracious. He that hath a pure heart for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. Joseph is going to show such graciousness in his speech before Pharaoh that he's going to be hired on the spot. First interview. From prison to the throne because of the grace of his lips. Pharaoh is going to say, I have never met a man so discreet as you are. You are so wise in the way that you have just handled yourself in explaining this situation about our future and what should be done to solve it. You've got the job. Discretion, discreet, graciousness, prudence, faithfulness, honesty, integrity, timeliness, punctuality, diligence, zeal, enthusiasm. All of those things work and get rewarded. There's only one kind of discrimination. Low performers get punished. High performers get rewarded. It doesn't matter that you're a Hebrew slave, sold twice. It doesn't matter that your resume says shepherd and gopher. It doesn't matter that you're only 17. He was blessed. And Potiphar put everything under his authority in that house. Brethren, you are going out of here today. We're going home to have the rest of the day. I hope that you will take some time to go into Psalm 37. If you have the fear of the Lord in your heart, Psalm 37 is going to be something you're looking forward to. Amen. I hope that you can go home and read a few more chapters about Joseph. And I hope you'll think upon how did Joseph acquire... Do you think the captain of the Secret Service was one of the most naive men in Egypt? Or do you think he was probably a pretty sharp tack in the box? As the man that Pharaoh trusted to protect him, he would have been a very astute man. But he didn't want to know a thing except there was going to be roast beef on his plate when he got home at night because he wanted everything under the control of Joseph. Yes, because of the Lord's blessing, but also because he knew it was in the hands of a man that would not lie, nor steal, nor cheat, nor lay out under any circumstances. And we know that's going to come to pass, don't we? Because his dearest asset is going to try to give herself away to him, and he's going to deny it, reject it, and cost himself everything because he wouldn't touch her. Because it would be such a great evil against the Lord. Praise the God of heaven that there are Josephs. We're not going to get to that one today. We're going to end right here because I know what you're all doing tomorrow, and I hope that you will go do it as Joseph would do it. School. If you're staying at home as a housewife, be as faithful to your husband and as faithful to your children and as faithful to your calling in all of your domestic duties as Joseph was with Potiphar's things. May every single one of you and may I be faithful before the Lord as Joseph was. It didn't matter that Potiphar wasn't watching. Potiphar was not watching. Potiphar didn't want to watch. He didn't even want to see his balance sheet because he could sleep every night knowing it was growing. He left it in Joseph's hands. This is a man that the Bible has given us and said of him, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Joseph obtained a good report by faith. And he added to that faith the things that we have thought about today. His courage. His respect for authority. His zeal. His diligence. His disregard for peer pressure. All the things that we've thought about make up Joseph. And we want them to make us up. And when the world looks at us, we want them to see an image of the Lord Jesus Christ in our faithfulness to all of our duties. We want to grow in favor with God and men, as Jesus did. May the Lord bless us to that end.